Welcome to the Accra Community Church Podcast. As you listen to God's word today, may it become for you fresh water for your thirsty soul, give you hope to cope, and wisdom to thrive, excel, and become everything God says you are. God bless you as you listen to today's sermon. Amen. Thank you so much. And happy Mother's Day to all our mothers. You can say same to you. It's fine. <laughs> Amen. Amen. I want to quickly go to the book of Ruth. Probably one of my favorite books. And I'm reading from chapter 1, from verse 1. I'm reading from the New Living Translation. Ruth chapter 1. Ruth is in the Old Testament. It says, In the days when the judges ruled in Israel, a severe famine came upon the land. So a man from Bethlehem in Judah left his home and went to live in the country of Moab, taking his wife and two sons with him. The man's name was Elimelech, and his wife was Naomi. Their two sons were Machlon and Kilim. They were Ephrathites from Bethlehem in the land of Judah. And when they reached Moab, they settled there. Then Elimelech died and Naomi was left with their two sons. The two sons married Moabite women. One married a woman named Orpah and the other a woman named Ruth. But about 10 years later, both Malon and Kilian died. This left Naomi alone without her two sons or her husband. Then Naomi heard in Moab, Moab that the Lord had blessed his people in Judah by giving them crops, good crops again. So Naomi and her daughters-in-law got ready to leave Moab to return to her homeland. With her two daughters-in-law, she set out from the place where she had been living, and they took the road that will lead them back to Judah. But on the way, Naomi said to her two daughters-in-law, Go back to your mother's homes, and may the Lord reward you for your kindness to your husbands and to me. May the Lord bless you with the security of another marriage. Then she kissed them goodbye, and they all broke down and wept. No, they said, we want to go with you to your people. But Naomi replied, why should you go on with me? Can I still give birth to other sons who could grow up to be your husbands? No, my daughters, return to your parents' homes, for I am too old to marry again. And even if it were possible, and I were to get married tonight and bear sons, then what? Would you wait for them to grow up and refuse to marry someone else? No, of course not, my daughters. Things are far more bitter for me than for you because the Lord himself has raised his fist against me. And again, they wept together and Orpah kissed her mother-in-law goodbye, but Ruth clung tightly to Naomi. Look, Naomi said to her, your sister-in-law has gone back to her people and to her gods. You should do the same. But Ruth replied, don't ask me to leave you and turn back. Wherever you go, I will go. Where, wherever you live, I will live. Your people will be my people, and your God will be my God. Wherever you die, I will die, and there I will be buried. May the Lord punish me severely if I allow anything but death to separate us. When Naomi saw that Ruth was determined to go with her, she said nothing more. Amen. This is a very, very familiar 
story if you've spent any amount of time in church. And it's always dangerous to... Anytime you hear what is familiar, because you can easily miss it. Anything that is familiar, we tend to take for granted. And this is one of those stories. Probably you grew up hearing it in Sunday school. You've read it a number of times yourself. And you quickly move on. It is not a supernatural revelation. It's not something new. It's not, you know, it's not a new, insightful thing. And yet there is so much truth in here that we can so easily miss. Verse 1 says, In the days when the judges ruled. If you're familiar with the book that precedes this one, the book of Judges, you'll notice that the Bible says, In the days that the judges ruled, everyone in Israel, because there were no kings to lead them, because there were no proper leaders, everybody did whatever they pleased. Whatever looked good to them, they did. So one of the most chaotic books in the Bible is actually the book of Judges. Some of the most bizarre events in Israel's history were recorded in those 400 years when Israel had no king. And towards the tail end of this chaotic era in their history is when this man Elimelech decides that Bethlehem, which means the land of bread, is experiencing famine, so he'll take his family back towards where God delivered them from. Amen. To get to the promised land, the Israelites had, had to go through Moab to get to the promised land. They, and now they had to, he was taking his family back to where God had saved them from because there was famine in the land. Anytime Israel experienced famine, the famine was first and foremost a spiritual famine that will later manifest as a physical famine. Anytime in Israel's history when they experienced famine, it was because their hearts had turned away from God. Amen. And as part of the repercussions of their heart turning away from God, they would either be attacked by enemy nations or there will be famine in the land. This is very, very, very significant to remember. So when we read that a severe famine came upon the land, a severe famine came upon the land that is supposed to be the house of bread. When the most blessed in the nation are starving, you know that you have disaster on your hands. And it is at this time when Bethlehem, which means the land of bread, a man whose name is Elimelech, which means God is king, decided that let me take my family to where God delivered us from. In the book of Numbers, we read the king of Moab actively trying to get Israel cursed and actually giving them a lot of headache. And so God actually at some point cursed Moab and told the Israelites, Moab will be your footstool. You will always tread upon Moab. And yet we see this godly man, a man whose name means God is king, from a land of prosperity. Because there is severe famine, first and foremost a spiritual famine. A time in Israel's history 
I don't want to go into some of the stories in the book of, of Judges. Some of the bizarre accounts. Everything chaotic happens in that book. And the Bible says because there was no king. This was the time of the judges. So Samson, Gideon, Deborah, these are some of the people God raised as judges to help Israel in that time of crisis. 400 years of difficulty. Naomi, at the end of this chapter, stands in a very, very bitter place. And she looks at her condition. There was a time in her life when she thought things were really, really bad. Her husband, his name was God is King. They were from Bethlehem. They had two sons and they were starving. And she thought this was really, really bad. And as, some has, as, as life has taught some of us, actually, it can get much worse. This is the essence of gratitude. I don't know where you are at. I don't know what circumstances you are dealing with. But trust me, it can get much worse. And that's why it's always helpful to count your blessings and to name them one by one. Because at the end of chapter one, Naomi stands at this place where she will trade everything she has now for the life she had before they left Bethlehem. She had lost her husband. Her two sons didn't die at birth. They didn't die as teenagers. She had watched them grow her very hope. In that patriarchal society, the last thing you ever wanted to be was a widow. And the worst of all that anybody could ever become was a childless widow. And here she stood. But how did Naomi get here? As we see right from chapter 1, that part of Naomi's crisis, part of her problem was systemic. There were factors beyond her. <laughs> she didn't control. She, she was not a kingmaker. She didn't control who, you know, <laughs> she wasn't an electoral officer. It wasn't her fault that Israel had no king. It wasn't her fault that the nation had no leadership. In fact, she had married a very, very promising young man. His name was God is King. It wasn't her fault in a patriarchal society to be married to a man who was insistent on heading in the wrong direction. I know how much we love the word submission and how we love to preach submission from the pulpits towards women. But trust me, it's extremely difficult to submit to someone who is headed in the wrong direction. And yet, in this society, a woman's opinion meant nothing. It doesn't matter what she thought. It doesn't matter what she said. If her husband says, we are going to Moab, you are going to Moab. So, she stands in this place of bitterness and actually if you were to analyze her life it isn't particularly because she had done anything wrong and this is the root of her bitterness she didn't bring famine on the land 
She wasn't caught doing anything ungodly, anything sinful. She had married properly as was required. She had married a godly man as the preacher had preached. Unequal yokes, whatever. Don't be equally yoked. No, she had done everything the preacher had said. She had done everything right. And yet, life hadn't been fair to her. And to everybody who finds themselves in a place where you feel life hasn't been fair to you, I want you to know that's true. That's very, very, very probably true. Maybe you contributed to it, but that doesn't matter. There are people who have done far worse and have had much better outcomes. This is why you shouldn't be too hard on yourself. Naomi was too hard on herself. And this morning, I want to encourage you, don't be too hard on yourself. It isn't always because you did something wrong. For everything you've ever done wrong, I can show you people who've done much, much worse and gotten away with it. So don't be too hard on yourself. Many times when I read this story, I always wonder, what happened to Orpah? What happened to her? Unlike Ruth, she went back to her mother's house and to her gods. What happened to her? We know that because Naomi and Ruth didn't give up, because in spite of the challenges, they still held on to their faith, they saw the faithfulness of God in the end. Amen. The Bible says, Mark the perfect man. Consider the righteous. For the end of that man is peace. For the end of that woman is peace. Amen. Never give up on God. Amen. No matter how difficult it gets. In the midst of a crisis, in the midst of failed leadership, in the midst of being in a system that made life extremely difficult for women, how would Naomi have ever known that the Messiah will come from her? Today when we list the ancestors of Jesus, our Savior and our Lord, we end up with these two women, Ruth and Naomi. But the Messiah was born thousands of years after their crisis. Her husband, yes, he had made a few bad choices like we all have. I wonder how he felt on his deathbed. He must have felt so terrible. Yes, he headed in the wrong direction, took a few bad turns, but at heart he was a good man. He was a good man who took some wrong decisions. But what he didn't know, that God has a reputation for turning even our negative choices around. Amen. God has a reputation for rerouting the journeys of our lives. It is extremely important to remember that. When we find ourselves in this place where we made a wrong investment, we know we married the wrong person, 
we know, we just know that, you know, if I had done that, I would have had an, a different outcome. Don't be too hard on yourself. Amen. Because whatever you have left in your hand, wherever you find yourself, if you call to the God who loves you, the God who says, I am with you always, even to the end of the age, you will see his faithfulness. Amen. How was she ever going to know that out of her loins, out of her womb, the Messiah, the royal tribe, the name of her husband, Elimelech, was such a prophetic name? Because both God and King were in their blood. Amen. Jesus Christ is very God of very God. And he's still the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Amen. It was a prophetic name at a time when nothing around them looked like God was with them. So, don't look just at the present. God is with you. In spite of your pain. In spite of your loss. Don't be bitter. And when I say don't be bitter, it's not because I'm denying your reality or I'm trivializing your reality. No. I'm saying don't be bitter because God clearly hasn't finished with your story yet. Amen. It was difficult. This, this account is a very, very difficult story. But God is faithful. He's always faithful. Even when you can't feel it, even when nothing in your circumstance shows that God is faithful, trust me, he's faithful. Amen. Elimelech may have died thinking God had totally forgotten him. Thinking God, I walked away from God and he's abandoned me. What he didn't know was that the very Messiah, the Savior of the world, the one who changed the calendar of time. Jesus Christ, the Lord, was going to come out of their mess. Amen. When Joseph ended up in Israel, sorry, when Joseph ended up in Egypt as a slave, it felt as though God had abandoned him. He was a promising young man. But we read Psalm 105 verse 7, and the psalmist writes and says, God sent Joseph ahead. God sent him ahead in shackles. He sent him ahead through slavery. He sent him ahead through imprisonment. Is that how God sends people ahead? The physical challenges we go through is no proof of God's abandonment. I mean, it's amazing when you pray for the sick and they are instantly healed or, you know, God just opens a supernatural door and all of a sudden you have a multi-million dollar contract in front of you. I mean, these are testimonies we love to hear and I, I, I mean, I'd happily take a multi-million dollar contract right now. There's nothing bad about them. But to think that chaos or difficulty is proof that God has abandoned you is totally wrong. Pain or loss proves nothing. In fact, many times, as somebody loved to say, if you never bump into the devil, it's probably because you're headed in the same direction. <laughs> but if you're headed in opposite directions, you bump into him sometimes. So this morning, specifically to our mothers, to our women, to our sisters, 
throughout scripture, it is very, very clear that the systems of this world have been designed to make life much more difficult for women. The impediments on your way tend to be more. But God has a sense of humor. Amen. And consistently, he shows his faithfulness. Today, we are, society is a bit more tolerant. Women can own property. Yeah, women can travel whenever they want to, do whatever they want to. There was a time when you just couldn't. The only way to gain any significance to be a man's, was to be a man's property. So we are much further now than we used to be as a society. The systems are a little more improved now than they used to be. But actually, throughout the scriptures, in spite of the difficult political systems and the difficult cultures and the negative impacts of patriarchy on women and all that, we actually see God's consistent faithfulness towards his elect throughout scripture. Amen. One of the biggest jokes of all for me was when Jesus decided that he will entrust the full gospel to women first. Amen. The first two people to step out there and preach the full gospel were two women who went to his tomb. That is Jesus' sense of humor. And at this moment, I want to just pay a quick tribute to our mothers and sisters. This is not originally for me. It's originally from a lady called Amy Young, and I thought it was so beautifully written. It's called A Wide Spectrum of Mothering. So to those who gave birth this year to their first child, today we celebrate you. To those who lost a child this year, we mourn with you. To those who are in the trenches with little ones every day and wear the badges of food stains, we appreciate you. To those who experienced loss through miscarriage, failed adoptions, or running away, we mourn with you. To those who walk the hard path of infertility, fraught with pokes, prods, tears, and disappointment, we walk with you. Forgive us when we say foolish things. We don't mean to make this harder than it is. To those who are foster moms, mentor moms, and spiritual moms, we need you. To those who have warm and close relationships with your children, we celebrate with you. To those who have disappointment, heartache, and distance with your children, we sit with you. To those who lost their mothers this year, we grieve with you. To those who experienced abuse at the hands of your own mother, we acknowledge your experience. To those who lived through driving tests, medical tests, and the overall testing of motherhood, we are better for having you in our midst. To those who have aborted children, we remember them and you on this day. To those who are single and long to be married and mothering your own children, we mourn that life has not turned out the way you long for it to be. To those who step parent, we walk with you on these complex paths. To those who envision lavishing love on grandchildren, yet the dream is not to be, we grieve with you. To those who have will have empty nest in the upcoming year. We grieve and rejoice with you. 
To those who place children up for adoption, we commend you for your selflessness and remember how you hold that child in your heart. And to those who are pregnant with new life, both expected and surprising, we anticipate with you. This Mother's Day, we walk with you. Mothering is not for the faint of heart, and we have real warriors in our midst. We remember you. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your faithfulness. We thank you that you showed your faithfulness in the end. That Naomi, we have cried many, many times. But she ended her story with laughter. We pray that your laughter will overwhelm your joy. Will overwhelm your peace. Will overwhelm all of our mothers and our sisters today. May you be with them. May you show them how deeply you love them. And may they never, ever miss your grace. Show them your faithfulness, Lord. We thank you. And Father, as the men and husbands and brothers and sons in their lives, teach us to love them. May we love them properly. May we love them respectfully. May we handle them with all the dignity and respect and affection they deserve. As we pray in Jesus' mighty name, amen. Thank you for listening to today's sermon. If it blessed you, share it with a friend. For more information on how to fellowship with Accra Community Church, visit our website, www.accrachurch.org. God bless you.